Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Puck pokes its way into the hurricane zone. Quickly transitioned back out from Carolina. And we're 10 seconds into this one. Now a turnover. Ajo gets to it in on Kemper. Backhand Kemper with a save. Still loose in the crease. Now it comes out and Kemper flops on that one. Oh, Carolina with a good start. Carolina gets the puck in deep. Jarvis though comes up with a turnover. Centering out in front. Loose puck still there. Kokaniemi tries to put one on. And Kemper will have to freeze. Ian Cole has to go back to his own end and play the puck. It's turned over. Rolled right back in by Darren Helm, the longtime Detroit Red Wing. He puts it to the corner. Carolina trying to clear. Kept in. Worked across by Murray. Shot Ronta! Flashes the glove and hangs on. Puck finds its way to Svechnikov. Now Tara Bynan trying to play a two-man game with Ajo. Ajo splits the defense. Rolls it on and Kemper has to make a save as we've got 45 seconds left. And Colorado coming back the other way. McKinnon shot out of McKinnon. Now he'll pull up. Watched by Slavin. Left in at the blue line where Eric Johnson has it. His shot deflected by Ronta. McKinnon keeps it in at the Kane's blue line. Now he has it knocked out on a great play by Jordan Stahl. Markovsky shot right out. Ronta kicks it away. Rebound. Comes free. McCarr to McKinnon. Ronta gets a piece of that chance. What a save. Shea trying to clear. Ajo along the boards. Still loose. Fans still cheering that save. That's his best save as a hurricane right there. All of the factors, who you're playing against, 0-0 game. Niederreiter bats it in. Kemper around the boards, cut off by Foss. No shot, deflected, no score! Ethan Bear puts it out front and beats Kemper. And the Hurricanes have grabbed the 1-0 lead. Ajo takes Makar out along the boards. The Avalanche defenseman jumps right back into the play. The Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, and I believe we all need a cool towel. Maybe a, a cold beverage. Holy mackerel, that was a fun hockey game. I would have said this regardless of the outcome. Full marks, both teams, high level, 
end-to-end scoring chances. Yet, at the same time, I think both teams are excellent, excellent defensively because for as many scoring chances as there were, how many great saves do you remember? It's the weirdest game in that I don't remember... I mean, obviously, Ronta has, Auntie Ronta made a couple of really good saves. The third period save in a 0-0 game you heard there uh, on Nathan McKinnon in tight. I mean, Trip Tracy called it the best save he's made as a Hurricane. I mean, I don't know. He's made some great saves. Uh, but that was enormous tonight because you felt that the first goal was more than likely the last goal, even though Carolina did tack on the empty netter. Uh, but wow, what a hockey game. Uh, but neither goaltender had to make crazy saves. They both got bailed out by a post a couple of times. So uh, maybe, I don't, think, I don't know if the Hurricanes hit two posts, but we know McKinnon hit one and Rantanen hit one for Colorado. So, uh, I mean, sometimes, well, it's not a shot on goal, right? That's <laughs> uh, the greatest thing in the world. It rings off the post. It's just not a shot on goal. Anyway, uh, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of, of North Carolina on Amlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hannon and his crew do a great job, so go check them out. Online, aluminumcompany.com. All right, the Hurricanes, um, I don't know what it is if they just tend to save their best for the best, uh, but Colorado's the best team in the league. And I shouldn't say that, that the Hurricanes do this because they clearly didn't play their best in either game against Washington this year. And they played, I think, well in one of the three games against Florida this year. So I guess it's, you know, it's true when it's true. But it was true tonight. And the Hurricanes were outstanding tonight. And the best part about the Hurricanes being outstanding tonight was that their top line... Not the one we joke about, but the Aho Svechnikov, Teravainen line was their best line, and Sebastian Aho was the best player on the ice, in my opinion. I don't know why people get bent out of shape about my unofficial stars. If I was doing stars in the arena, I would have given Ethan Bear a star because he deserved to go out and skate out on the ice and uh, get showered with love and affection by the fans. But there is no question in my mind the best player on the ice was Sebastian Aho, the way I looked at it. All over the ice, all night long. Chances, yeah, you want him to finish those. Okay. He had uh, nine shot attempts, five on goal, seven scoring chances, five high danger. Okay. That guy. And, by the way, Aho, Teravon, and Sveshnikov had the McKinnon, Rantanen, Burakovsky line all night long. Interesting. I haven't seen enough of Colorado uh, lately. I just assumed that Landis Gog was playing with them. That top line was just is just murderer's row. Uh, but they separated them. They had uh, Landis Gog playing with Kadri to give them two bona fide, uh, enormous scoring threats. Jordan Stahl's line with Jesper Faust and Nino Niederreiter. They had the Landis Gog Kadri line, and they did a very good job on them as well. Not quite as good as Ajo's line did on the McKinnon line. Uh, look, Nathan McKinnon, he's an electric player. He's going to get his chances. It's like, uh, you know, when you play against McDavid. I mean, that lot, they're going to get scoring chances because they're great. You're talking about 
you know, and Nathan McKinnon, you're talking about one of the five best players in the entire sport. So he's going to get his. Uh, but, I mean, they kept him to the outside all night. And Brett Pesci said it, I believe, in the second intermission. Like, it'll, you know, Colorado is amazing. They're great. Best team in the league for a reason. But if you can keep them to the outside, that's what you do. And here's the thing about it. I said this a couple of seconds ago. For as many scoring chances and shots, I mean, there were, I think Carolina, it ended up being basically even. It was a 37-36 Carolina shots on goal. I mean, something to that effect. I'll get the official number here in a second. But, I mean, with all of that, the, I mean, I thought both teams played great defensively because a lot of the shots uh, were from the perimeter. There just weren't that many in really close. In fact, I think Carolina probably had the best of the play around the net, but that was most of that was early in the first period. Yeah, I mean, Carolina had a 37-36 shot advantage. Um, 19-11 in the first period. Colorado flipped it around, 17-6 for them in the second period. Uh, and then Carolina was the better team. I thought after the, maybe the first five or six minutes, I thought Colorado had it was an extension of the second period. Uh, but then I thought Carolina took over a lot of that. Was they had Carolina ended up with three power plays in the third period. I know for you know Hurricanes fans, what Carolina maybe getting a friendly whistle? I don't know. It wasn't friendly to me, but I mean they got they got the three third period power plays. Colorado got two in the second period, and I know Gabriel Landeskog got mad uh, and even said something after the game about uh, it being a, uh, you know, them getting jobbed by the officials. I didn't see any. The only penalty that I clearly saw go uncalled was right before uh, Andre Svechnikov took a, an interference penalty in a play that Sebastian Ajo probably should have shot the puck earlier. Um, right before then, there was a puck going circling around behind the Colorado net, and Andre's going for it, and Devin Taves, who was awesome tonight, but he's he's excellent anyway. Uh, Taves basically just rubbed Andre off the play, but he never made an attempt to play the puck. So the puck just kind of skated past him, and he just hit the body. I just to me that's interference, but it wasn't called. And Svetch, about, I don't know, 30 seconds later, he was called. But fine, Carolina killed him off. Carolina uh, penalty kill was 3-for-3 tonight and continues to be the best in the NHL. Uh, Power play, the last power play wasn't bad, at least for the first minute or so. Uh, But other than that, power play was uh, just dreck. Canes with a big win. And uh, it was cool because... They haven't always, in this stretch, and this is the, the kind of a amazing thing about what Carolina has been like of late. They're 9-1-1 in their last 11 games. And they have probably only played really well in this 9-1-1 stretch. Four times? Right? Both games against Pittsburgh, and of course the first period in Raleigh was terrible. This one... I'm trying to remember the other game where they played really, really well. Maybe Nashville? I don't even know. To me, that was a good game, but not a great game. Uh, but 9-1-1 one, and one in their last 11 games. They have an eight-point lead in the Metropolitan Division and games in hand on Pittsburgh and the Rangers, both of which uh, Carolina will see coming up in just a little bit. 
Uh, Alec Campbell is going to join us in a matter of moments, so I don't want to spend too much time. And then uh, there's not a lot to go through in terms of the goals, right? I mean, this was uh, this was a uh, an incredibly entertaining, fun, goal-free hockey contest for almost 55 minutes. Almost 55 minutes. And then Carolina gets the freaky goal. Uh, and by the way, what we have to do here is credit the stall line for creating the opportunity. Good play in there in the neutral zone and the defensive zone. Uh, they get the puck into the zone. Even that was kind of deflected by Colorado. Nino gets the puck deep. It goes all the way around uh, the wall. Uh, Jesper Faust makes a great play to... Uh, actually, Nino didn't get the puck in, but he got the puck into the zone. And then Colorado tries to clear. Uh, Jesper Faust makes a great play on the wall to the right of Darcy Kemper. Uh, he gets the puck to Ethan Bear, but he, by winning sort of a physical battle. And Bear just smartly, and it's not the first time he's done this recently, he did this uh, a couple of games ago that got Carolina a goal on a deflection. Uh, and it's really just uh, j- just throw it at the net real quick. So it's not a wind-up. He just, uh, the puck comes to him, he just snaps it at the goal. Uh, and when you do things the right way, as Rod Brindamore likes to say, sometimes you get rewarded. Niederreiter, pass it in. Kemper around the boards, cut off by Foss. No shot, deflected, no score! Ethan Bear puts it out front and beats Kemper, and the Hurricanes have grabbed the 1-0 lead. Yeah, it looked like the puck deflected off the stick, maybe, of uh, Nazim Kadri, uh, and then off the inside of the pad of Darcy Kemper and in. Looked to me like if Kemper doesn't leave his crease, that that puck just goes wide, I think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that puck just goes wide. Uh, But, hey, good fortune. I mean, Carolina was excellent tonight. If Colorado had gotten a goal like that, I kind of think they would have deserved it too. Uh, There wasn't much to really differentiate between these two teams tonight. This is just a great hockey game. Uh, and then Sebastian Ajo plays the role of James Worthy against Georgetown in 1982. Uh, first, Ajo wins a physical battle with Kale McCarr, forcing him to give up the puck. Uh, and then Landeskog has it, and he never sees Ajo, and the rest is history. Ajo takes McCarr out along the boards. The Avalanche defenseman jumps right back into the play. There she goes. Sebastian Ajo's 25th. No assist on the play. It was unassisted because Ajo just stole the puck. It was given to him by Landis Gog. Uh, Fost got the only assist on the Ethan Bear goal. Uh, And there you go. Uh, Just a couple of things that I found uh, interesting before we talk to Alec Campbell. Uh, Ajo was great. Svechnikov was great. Uh, both committed a penalty tonight, too. Tavo Teravainen played a super defensive game, 21 minutes and 52 seconds. He actually led all forwards in ice time. Ajo was second. Um, Slavin, Pesci, and Shea all played uh, more than 22 minutes. Slavin played 24-22. Pesci, 22-58. Shea, 22-23. Ian, uh, Ian Cole was third in ice time at 16-36. Uh, concerning to me, Seth Jarvis, just six minutes and two seconds. I wonder if we'll see Derek Stepan 
against the Flyers on Saturday. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath Intermissions. My man, noon to three, Monday through Friday, Chief Bottle Washer, father of two, player of golf. Uh, yeah. All right, sir. That's uh, an intro. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, all right, broad brush this for me. Your thoughts, 2 nothing Carolina. I mean, I thought it was an awesome game. I really enjoyed it. It entertained me greatly. Um, you know, I, I, it was, again, I think it was a couple of games ago. I can't remember wh- wh- which it was where I was talking about how the third period just got set up really nicely because you had two teams that basically, you know, won each of the first two periods. So tonight, the Hurricanes, easily the better team in the first. You know, you, you go out of that period and you say to yourself, man, didn't really get the juice out of that squeeze. And generally speaking, against a team like the Avalanche, you got to get some juice. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be parched <laughs> at the end of the game. Uh, you have scurvy. You'll, 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 <laughs> you'll, you'll lack the necessary vitamins um, because they're just too good and you can't let them hang around. Um, so I, I actually, when I, when I go back and I look at this game, the, the second period is probably the most important period because the Hurricanes got out of it without giving anything up. And, you know, I think I've said this a million times, but I, I think that's as important as anything you do in sports, and especially in this game, because and especially when you play the best teams, because, I mean, you knew Colorado was coming with something. Oh, yeah. And it's just a matter of whether or not you can get through it or not. And so Carolina wins the first period, Colorado wins the second period. And here we are set up for just a battle Royale in the third period. And it was a great third period. I still think Carolina was the better team in the third. I know Rod called it even. Yeah. (laughs) I thought Carolina was the slightly better team. I thought Carolina deserved to win tonight and they did. So credit to them for sticking with it. I mean, I get it. They, they got, they got a little bit of fortune there, Yep. but you know, that's the name of the game sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, ag- I agree with you. I think Carolina was the better team, uh, but I don't think Rod's necessarily wrong. I think Colorado was still the better team in the first six or seven minutes of the third. I thought uh, they were good. I mean, uh, I thought both teams were both, good. So I don't look this was t- to me. This was an even game. Um, I, I I think mm-hmm. if Colorado had gotten the lucky break and won the game one nothing, yeah, I, I would have said deserved to win. Not that Carolina didn't, because I think this yeah. was a case where both teams played exceptionally well. And this is why, uh, like, we'll go through our stars later. But here, this is the way I looked at this game, considering how many opportunities with high end players there were with the puck on their stick in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. I think both teams played great defensively to not yeah. give up incredible scoring chances all night. Cause this was, there was a lot of transition in this game. We had end to end action uh, pretty much all night long. Uh, two teams that can absolutely skate. Uh, but I also think that we saw Slavin and Pesci and Shea. And I mean, uh, 
there were tons of great defensive plays. There was good back checking uh, in this game, and like both both defenses recovered well enough. Uh, to mitigate the damage when chances were presenting themselves. How many great saves do you remember tonight? I mean, a ton. A ton. You were, I, um, say, I don't remember great saves. I remember saves, but I don't remember, like, how did that not go in kind of saves. Ronta stopped McKinnon uh, right in tight on the doorstep, which, awesome save, as Tripp said, maybe his best save. I don't remember any other Great save by Ranta, and I only remember really one by Kemper, and that was early in the game. I mean, I, I feel like I remember a couple other ones from Ranta. You know, I remember one on the power play, and Makar took a pass, um, took a pass over at the left circle, and Ranta gets over and makes the save. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do think the McKinnon save was the best one of the night, but I think there were some other ones that were really good. I mean, I thought, you know, Kemper made a couple of really good ones in the first period. I mean, say what you want about the, the Ajo try. I mean, I, I don't think Ajo elevated that puck the way he wanted to. No. But, but um, you know, Kemper makes a save on that. I thought he made a good save on Lawrence on a good centering feed from, from Jarvis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe there weren't, the, you know, the, the 10 bell saves after 10 bell saves. But I just thought there was a lot of really solid goaltending i mean I, I just think that was that was sort of the name of the game was that it was just very high-end fast up and down energetic uh entertaining well-played hockey on all fronts um so so you know for me it was more about that than anything else but i would agree i mean i i don't i don't it's, it's, for me, when I say Carolina was better, it's not that I think they were, you know, miles better. Right. I just think they were. I, I think they had the edge at the end of the night. Like, if we're talking about, you know, even the slimmest of margins, that's fine. I don't care. I think uh, I think Carolina was the better team ultimately, and I think the the, the game was won in two areas for me. Uh, a the second period, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. and B on the penalty kill because yeah. I, I think the, the the Canes penalty kill tonight was as good as I can remember seeing it. Yeah. I mean, I think they generated uh, three high-danger chances, according to Natural Statric on the penalty kill. Uh, I think they got like five or six total total uh, scoring chances on it. Right. So I love that from them. Uh, the power plant, I think, left a little bit to be desired <laughs> overall. <bad. laughs> yeah, the power uh, play was bad. This wasn't very good. And, um, you know, I thought Carolina's best players were their best players, too. Like, I, I, I thought the Yahoo line was, was really good tonight. Um, yes. You know, I, they, they weren't – I think they, they allowed a bunch of chances, but, you know, when you're matched up against the people that they're matched up against, I think that's going to happen. So I want, but they were all over it to me. For a lot of the game tonight, so I liked their line. I mean, obviously, I love Slavin. I thought he was the best defenseman tonight by by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that everybody else was bad, but I just think that's how great Slavin was. Um, so I don't know. I, that that's that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I I loved the game. I thought it was a yeah. It was just a fun game to watch between yeah. two really highly competitive and highly skilled teams. 
It's, I, I think it's one of those things. Somebody asked me uh, if I thought tonight was going to be a litmus test. Uh, and I thought, well, I mean, what do you make of Pittsburgh? What do you make mm-hmm. of, uh, I mean, the game against Washington? Like, they're all litmus tests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, I said, yeah. I mean, I said after the game, I'm like, you know, to me, you know, it was like Carolina was already the best team in their division. They were already one of the best teams in the league. And, I mean, I feel like I've been pretty consistent about the way I feel about this team and what they're capable of. So, in a way, like, I'm not necessarily surprised. And, you know, you and I talked about it earlier today. You know, Colorado, I think, comes off in our heads as like this this juggernaut that can't be beaten. And, hell, now they've gone winless in four of their last five. Yep. So, you know, it's it's not as if Carolina can't hang with teams like this. And, you know, it's not even really about just hanging with them. It's about playing with them, beating them, you know. So, you know, I don't I – don't, I guess it is in some ways a litmus test just because they're the most or one of the most dangerous teams in the league. But – I, I, I think Carolina is one of the best teams in the league. So, I mean, they should be saying the same thing about Carolina over there, as far as I'm concerned. So I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to like downplay it too much because it's a, it's a good win. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really good win over a really good team. Well, all was I was really doing, yeah, I mean, it was all I was doing uh, with that, uh, with a friend of mine who had asked me that question was pointing out that, uh, there are tons of litmus tests in the past, and there are tons coming up. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is something I was going to bring up at the end of this, but uh, I'll just bring it up now. Here's the next 10 games, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Philadelphia on Saturday, and then a trip to Pittsburgh back-to-back. So uh, this will be the sixth back-to-back in the last seven weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they get three days off before back-to-back at Toronto and home against Washington. Then they play, they get a day off, then they play the Rangers. Yep. <laughs> then they get a day off, then they play Tampa. Day off, they play Dallas, a team that gives them a hard time and is in a playoff position now. Day off, then they travel to St. Louis, second in the Central. Uh, day off at Washington, and then at Tampa back-to-back. Those are the next 10 games. So, yeah, this could have been a litmus test, and I want to say something quickly about this game. Uh, but... The gauntlet that is the next three weeks, yeah. I mean, that's going to be awesome. Obviously, this team is good enough to win any game they play, uh, as they said uh, tonight. Bless you, sir. Um, Thank you. But here's Sorry here's the that. way I look at tonight. Um, and it does. It, this is not uh, a statement or anything, but Carolina looked the part of a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup contender tonight. And, no doubt. Right? And it... it there's still some things that we want the, for them to do better. Finishing mm-hmm. on some scoring chances, especially when you get as many great chances as you did in the first period. And you got to be able to put one of those in and in a playoff game, you're going to end up paying for it. Um, sure. So you'd like to see him finish. And honestly, you'd like to see their best player finish. You know, Aho was all over this game. And yeah. didn't score until the empty net. I mean, I still, I still loved his, I loved everything about him tonight. Uh, except yeah, it would be great to, great to see him finish one of those. Um, and then, so 
to, to me, this game just stamped we belong uh, all over it. And now we'll see how much they belong over the next three weeks uh, against, I mean, against they, this group. And they don't have Tony D'Angelo right, right now either. So maybe that's part of the reason for you know the power play issues tonight. Although the power play has been pretty good. Power play's been, been for, great. But the, wasn't the problem the, the forwards in the power play tonight? Yeah, I guess. I mean, they just they didn't they just didn't really generate a ton. They didn't really control the puck right. very well. They fanned they really on get... tons of passes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was it, it wasn't Slavin. I liked Slavin. <laughs> I loved him. Um, <laughs> loved him tonight. So, so yeah, I mean, but that that gauntlet is crazy, and also those those back to backs, I believe, are all with travel. I mean, this one, you know, yes. you're playing the, the, the 22-hour turnaround this weekend. Um, I can't remember, was it Washington and somebody else back-to-back? Washington and Tampa at the end of the month, two two road games. Two road games. Back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah, at Toronto that's... and then home against Washington with one of the back-to-backs. There you go. So, I mean, there's, there's travel there, although you're coming to your home right. as opposed to going away from it. I don't know what kind of advantage that is. I don't think it matters. But, I mean, but I mean the, the back-to-back with two road games is, is kind of cruel and unusual punishment with the Caps and the, and the, and the Lightning. Right. That's it's not tough. like it's Tampa and Florida where, uh, you know, it's yeah. a 25-minute flight. Uh, this right. Is, yeah. It's, and it's, it's not like you're, you know, it's not like you're playing uh, Ottawa and Detroit on back-to-back nights either. So, I was just looking at their uh, their record in their last eleven games, and off the top of my head, tonight both games against Pittsburgh, and of course the first period against Pittsburgh, uh, the last time these those two teams met was not great. Carolina was amazing from the second period on, um, and then won it in overtime, nine one and one in their last eleven, and I think we'd all agree that they were for the most part except for maybe three, maybe four games. Okay. This team does know how to win. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that is kind of underrated in all of this, is yeah. that in years past, they would not have won. Honestly, yeah. last year, even the or last year it was great, but uh, it's just weird, it's weird year. It's hard to even think about it. But two years ago, like... I know this team is better than they were two years ago with a season that was stopped and then ended up in the bubble. But they didn't get the most out of what they're getting this year. I mean, 40-12-5 and is is pretty doggone good for a team that I think we all believe can get to a different level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does feel that way. It does feel like there's there's another level to be at more consistently is what I would say. Because I think we've seen the level sometimes. Right. But... Not as much as we'd like to, but I think you're right. I mean, in the past, it was always, wow, you, you played a really good game, but you couldn't score, or you had a lead in third and you couldn't close it out. You just, you, 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 you peed all over yourself because you don't know how to handle it. Right. You know? And now it's like, all right, maybe you didn't play as well, but you figure out a way to get it done. Uh, so, you know, that's fine. It's one way to do it. I have one concern, and then I'll get your three stars, Alec Campbell. 
Seth Jarvis played six minutes and two seconds tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, the KK played nine something, and I thought he played pretty well. I thought KK did play well. Now, when Jarvis is on the ice, he actually, I think he did some good things tonight. But I always, I always judge the level of play based on ice time because I know that Rod Brindamore will play the guys who are playing the best. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, and if he's starting to lose confidence in you, or if he th- thinks that you can't handle the situation, he won't put you on the ice. So I'm curious, is either Saturday or Sunday a Derek Stepan experience? I mean, when was the last time he played? Because I kind of was thinking about that earlier today. Like, dang, Stepan still out of the game. I mean, I know the last time he played, he didn't really play very well, which was because I remember, I think I think he basically directly caused a goal. Yeah. Then a couple of games ago. And I remember tweeting that Derek Stepan let me down. Uh, I think, I think, I think, I, I I think a lot of the team let us down, but, you know, he's been a guy who I've loved and I feel is super reliable. He played at Washington. In his role. And, uh, okay, yeah, see? And that wasn't a very good game for Carolina. No, it was not. But it, we don't blame Derek Stepan. No, but there was one goal where he was basically directly yeah. uh, responsible for. And... He hasn't seen the ice since then, I don't think. So, um, you know, I kind of wondered if he was just a little bit in the doghouse. Well, I don't think Rod because yeah, of that. Yeah, I don't think he's in the doghouse. I don't think Rod has one of those. Uh, but I will say this: the Jarvis problem now, and this is nineteen. Nineteen. It's not. Yeah. yeah, I think it's either eighteen or nineteen. I can't. Without a goal, and he has very few points in this in this span as well. It's starting to be a concern of mine because I still don't know that we have seen, uh, you know, a a natures that can be trusted. So ultimately what I believe is going to happen, and this is now, I think 11 games with Svechnikov, Al and Teravainen. And while they were great and there's no reason to break up a line that is playing the way they're playing, much like Stahl, Faust, and Niederreiter has been playing great, and even if they're not scoring, just leave them alone. And Rod said it today. At some point, he's going to split them up because there there is no production coming from it for whatever silly reason. And Carolina needs the Trocheck line to also be productive, and right now that's not productive either. So if you drop Svechnikov to play with Trocheck and even if it's Natchez. Uh, and so now it's up to Carolina to find a winger to play with Aho and Teravainen. I don't believe that's Jarvis. I mean, they might throw Jarvis up there uh, for a game or two. But I think they need a, a forward. They need to add a forward who can play in their top six uh, and either play on a top line or give them some scoring punch somewhere else. Because if they if they can't, 
Uh, it's just going to be hard if you're not going to get production. I know Nature scored the goal the other day, um, but until he scores a bunch, I'm going to work from the assumption that he's still just in one of those funks. Um, mm-hmm. And you got Natchez and Jarvis not providing scoring. Uh, and you, so they can't play long stretches with Jordan Martinuk playing in a top six role, which is where he played tonight. So they need to address that as well as they need to address, and it might even be a lesser need uh, on defense with D'Angelo and Smith coming back at some point, you know, and maybe they can just add a depth guy on defense, but they might need a forward more than they need a defenseman at this point. So I just, we're, gosh, tomorrow's Friday. Uh, By the time people listen to this, we're 10 days from the trade deadline. So we'll see what they go after. I I think they're going to go after at least a depth defenseman. Um, I think they'd like to get a top guy, but uh, they might need a forward too. That's just, if Jarvis is only going to play a little bit, then might as well not even play him. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, You know, I don't necessarily think he's been bad, but he's also not giving you any points. And as time's going down, it's just, you're right. I mean, it feels like it's, they might as well just give Stefan, you know, a run of games or at least interchange him in and out of the lineup or something like that. I don't know. And I think with Natchez, you know, there's a, there's a 100% possibility that he just got lucky <laughs> a couple nights ago. And that's right. all that was. Yeah. You know, we'd like to think it's more than that, but, it's not always the case. Yeah, I mean, Jarvis essentially in his last seven games played. Uh, and actually, because we'll have to count tonight, in his last eight games played, is averaging 10 minutes a night. So, yeah, and I mean, he's playing on a fourth line now, so it's not like he's going to play much more than that. Maybe they're comfortable with that because he does give them a chance with Kokaniemi out there to create offense, mm-hmm. but they're not creating offense, so it doesn't really matter. So, yeah. Um, all right, give me your three stars. Well, then I'll let you go to bed. So I had Aho three, Slavin two, Ronta one. Okay, you and I had the same three. Um, but I had Slavin three, Ronta two, and Aho one. And of course, so wait a second, you also didn't have Ethan Bear. No, I right. did not. So did did you take any calls on aftermath from people why wondering why you didn't have Ethan Bear? I did not because by the time I list my oh, okay. stars and stuff, I'm done taking phone calls. I did make Ethan Bear my reliable jewelry, reliable player of the game. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so it's not like he got no love. He got a fourth star. But you know, I've liked Ethan Bear. I think he's he's trending in the right direction. Um, and I think he got lucky tonight. I mean, it was a good play to keep the puck in the zone, but he just threw it at the net and it hit Nazem Kadri and went in. Yeah, he hit I mean, Kadri. The then it didn't it also hit Kemper the back of Kemper's leg? Yeah, it might have. And, you know, listen, you score goals like that sometimes. Um, but... You know, I'm not going to pretend like Ethan Bear did 
something spectacular just because the puck happened to go in. Right. I thought he played well tonight. He's fine. But uh, I didn't think there was there was anything super spectacular about the game. Yeah, look, if we were doing the stars in the arena, you'd send him out there because he got credited for the goal. Right. right. I get that. Um, but, I mean, he was fifth on the team among defensemen in ice time. So you're not going to try to tell me he was one of the three best players. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. So like, he was fine. I had no problem with Ethan Bear tonight. He didn't do anything that I hated. Uh, so that's uh, that's a plus. Um, and if you do bad things, it'll get noticed against Colorado. Uh, but I just I thought Aho, I thought Aho was the best player. Um, he was great. Five shots, nine attempts, two hits, two takeaways. He wasn't good in the faceoff couple. circle though. Uh, no, he wasn't good there, and he had a couple giveaways. Too, yeah, I he think. did. Five, uh, I think both of them were on the power play, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, five high danger chances. Uh, yeah. For the night, seven scoring chances overall. But his line got matched up against McKinnon all night, and they won that battle for the most part. I mean, McKinnon had four high-danger scoring chances uh, in all situations. I think two of those came on the power play. Um, but the Or one of them came on. No, I think two of them came on the power play. Uh, but the, the truth of the matter is that um, that line was just the Ajo line and the stall line were their two best lines tonight uh, as... Jordan Stahl's line continues to play great. Uh, they created the first goal. I mean, it's just, uh, just pressure. Stahl, Nino in the defensive zone, Faust on the wall on the right uh, to get the puck to Bear, who just flipped it at the net. And thank you, Nazem Kadri. Hey, uh, didn't Gabriel Landeskog get a 10-minute misconduct? Uh, at the end of the game? Yeah. Yes, I believe so. Oh, that's right. Okay, that was after Ajo scored the goal. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was wondering what I thought. No, but yeah, but it was it was Landeskog that gave the puck to Ajo like Ajo was James Worthy in 1982 against Georgetown. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> two, two two good plays, but bookend plays for Ajo. Yeah, at that uh, at that blue line because he had the the steal in the first period, 17 seconds into the game. And almost scored. Yeah, and he got McCarr to give the puck up on that sequence too, which uh, got the puck to Landeskog, and then Aho intercepted the pass. So the whole thing. Uh, see, I I love when he gets his juices going because he feels it against the uh, the other team's best. He always does. So that'll be uh, be fun to see how they come out against Philly uh, on. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, an ABC game, national TV. This can't go well. <laughs> well, it's not on ESPN Plus, so maybe that's better. Well, it is also on ESPN Plus, but it's an AB. It's an ABC game, so the uh, the Hurricanes are uh, on aggregate z- nil ten. All right, Alec Campbell. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, so let's close here. Uh, Blues beat the Rangers tonight. Boston uh, was a winner over Chicago. Toronto at home lost in overtime to the Arizona Coyotes. Like, no joke, Arizona's won four in a row. Including the first of those four was against the Avalanche. Now they've beaten Toronto. Uh, And they scored 17 goals in two wins the other two games against non-playoff teams, but they scored 17 goals. Florida was a 6-3 win over Philadelphia. It was 4-0 Florida. 
after one. Uh, Sam Reinhardt had a hat trick. Carter Verhage scored two goals. Anthony DeClaire had the other one. Uh, Florida continues rolling. Tampa right now is losing in Calgary at the time we're recording this. Uh, and it's beyond the midway point of the third period. It's Calgary 3-1. If you assume that Calgary, who's excellent, uh, will hold on and win that game, uh, then here's where we would be in the standings in the Eastern Conference. And we basically know who the playoff teams are going to be, barring a collapse from either Washington or Boston. Uh, Carolina, 40, 12, and 5, 85 points. Uh, tops in the Metro, an eight-point cushion over both Pittsburgh and the Rangers, who each have 77 points in one more game. So uh, Carolina's get a game in hand and an eight-point lead. Washington, 72 points uh, so far, and they've got, I think they've played 59 games, so Carolina's got two games in hand on the Capitals. Florida, 40, 13, and 5, also 85 points, but they've played one more game than Carolina. Tampa, 37, and again, I'm assuming a loss now with under nine minutes to go in Cal- in Calgary. Tampa, 37, 14, and 6 would be stuck on 80, uh, and Carolina would have a game in hand on Tampa as well. Toronto, 37, 16, and 5, 79 points. Carolina's also got a game in hand on the Maple Leafs. Boston, 35, 18, and 5. They're in fourth place at 75 points. Uh, Boston's playing really, really well. And I guess it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see the Bruins overtake the Maple Leafs. Now, I think Toronto is a very beatable team, but they are also incredibly dangerous. And I don't know. Is that is that the team you want to play in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, the last time Toronto won an opening round series, Jesus, like 20 years? Maybe not quite 20. But it's been a long time. Uh, so I have to go back and look at it. It might be like 2006 or 2000. And, I don't know. It's been a long time. Uh, that's the, uh, th- those are the standings. Carolina's got a better points percentage than Colorado right now. Colorado, again, is 1-3-1 and one in their last five games. I, mean, Car- I, don't think, I don't even think the Hurricanes have had a stretch like that, 1-3-1. and one. Colorado's got one more win than Carolina. They have 87 points, but they play two more games. Uh, And again, the next 10 games for the Hurricanes, uh, Saturday at home against Philadelphia, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Then they're at Pittsburgh at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Three days off, a Thursday, Friday at Toronto, home against Washington, another back-to-back. Sunday, home against the Rangers. Tuesday, home against Tampa Bay. Thursday, home against Dallas. Uh, then a Saturday game uh, at St. Louis before a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back at Washington and at Tampa Bay. In those 10 games, can the Hurricanes get 12 points? You get 12 points out of that 10-game stretch, I consider that a win. Heck, I, I mean... I think you might even accept 10 points out of those 10 games. That's how hard of how hard of a stretch that is. Uh, the only team in that group that is not a playoff team is Philadelphia, and that's the first one, Saturday afternoon. All right, sir, uh, everybody, I thank you very much for your time. Uh, we are 
Brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Amlin Road in Durham. There is no place like it. Uh, you can check out Sammy Hanna and his crew online for a free no-obligation estimate at aluminumcompany.com. Uh, and if you need roofing or siding or windows of any kind, they got a lot of them. Entry doors, storm doors, they've got it all at aluminumcompany.com. We are here after every Hurricanes game. That's why we call it the morning after edition of the Canes Corner Podcast. And uh, if you just give us a follow, it shows up automatically wherever you get your podcast. So you don't have to go search for it. You don't have to go check me out on Twitter at a gold fan where I tweet it out after I finish putting it together. It's there for you automatically. So hit the follow button and let's go. Is there a follow button? I think there's a follow button. Hit it. Uh, we'll see you after Saturday's game against the Flyers. That was fun. 2 nothing. Hurricanes. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.